When my wife and I first started in ministry, we were living in Houston, Texas, working with high school kids through an outreach ministry called Young Life. It was a great, exciting, fun time, but Young Life didn't pay well at all. And we were newly married, and our parents were worried that we were never going to make ends meet. I think either Debbie's dad or my dad said, are you sure you're not going to starve? It was that kind of thing. And um, we were sure we wouldn't because we had followed God's leading in our lives, and it was amazing how God provided for us time and again. In fact, about halfway through our time there, we were there for four years, about a year and a half into that whole experience, I remember we had to leave an apartment where we'd been living, and we didn't have hardly any money that we could put toward a uh, monthly rent, and we'd had a good deal before. We just didn't know what to do, and then all of a sudden we were approached by a young man if we could come and take care of his house while he went off to college. He had been involved in our ministry, and his whole family had tragically been, um, had, all, had all died in a plane crash, and he said, if you could take care of my house, then I have a home to come home to, and over the next Two and a half years when we were there, we had an opportunity to minister to him going through grief, and we also could use the house for all kinds of ministry events. It had a big yard. It was a five-bedroom, four-bath house, and we paid $200 a month in rent, which fit our budget, okay? And it was just one of the stories, again, how God provided for us. Well, I'll never forget that we were also a part of a church where we were there, and Debbie was even teaching a Sunday school class, and... Um, one of the couples from the Sunday school class came over for dinner on a Sunday night, and we talked about that morning the topic of discussion had been Matthew 6.33, that if we put the kingdom of God first, and he'll take care of everything else we need. And so we could just trust God to guide us, and when he guides us into something, he'll provide for us, and you know it'll, it'll work. We can trust him. And it was so funny because the couple who was with us, they were sitting in this house and having dinner with us. And he leaned over and goes, yeah, John, do you know anybody who's actually done that? I mean, that's kind of like Old Testament stuff. I mean, does, does that really still work? Do you know anybody who's done that at all? I went, yeah, us. And we told him about how we were living in that house and all the things God had provided for us. And they went, oh, because they had just never experienced God that way. They'd experience that you go to church, you make all your decisions, and then you pray you didn't mess up too bad. Well, if that's what you've been thinking, that if you've been told that's what the Christian life is about, that you go through life pretty much like everybody else, and God is really just kind of got 911 service that you pray when everything's going, when the wheels are coming off, I got some good news for you today. God wants us to experience abundant life. When you trust God and He guides you, oh, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. But man, life is not going to be dull. And you're, we're going to have relationships we never would have had on our own. He's going to stretch us in areas where we never would have stretched ourselves. He's going to walk us through things. We're going to see him do miracles when we trust him. And if you want that kind of life, then have I got a great message for you. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I think we all want that kind of life. I don't want to just hang around for the next... 10, 20, 30, whatever years left I have in the world and wait for heaven where I fi things finally get good. I want to experience abundant life now. And I thank you that through Jesus that's possible. So today, Lord, I pray that you'd remind us of what your word says about following your lead and getting the most out of life. I pray that for each of us individually. I pray that for us as a church. I pray that you will speak and move me out of the way. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Point one on your outline simply says this, that God wants us to experience abundant life. And if up on the top on the header there, if you'd write the word adventure, 
I mean, that's how I describe that time we had in Houston. That's how I describe how God got me from Houston to work at Fraser Methodist after that. I mean, there's all these amazing stories of God's guidance. And if you have four hours, you can come and hear them sometime. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Psalm 16.11, you will show me the way of life, granting me joy, the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Joy, pleasure, abundant life. That's what God wants for us to experience right now. But that brings us to point two. In order to do that, we've got to seek God's will, asking him to guide us. We need to ask God to guide us along the best pathway for our lives, and that's when we're going to experience that abundant life. Not trying to figure it out on our own, but seeking him first. Psalm 37, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Psalm 32, the Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. But again, this isn't just praying about things when things are bad. This is about praying before we make any decisions at all, laying all our decisions at God's feet. Now you might be wondering, well, so, so how does God speak to us? Well, there are four steps here, four ways that God commonly speaks to us. I remind you of these things a couple of times every year, and I do it on purpose because I don't ever want to get too far away from this. First of all, God speaks to us through the Bible. Secondly, he speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us through godly counsel, a third way, and he speaks to us through circumstances all the time. Now, can God send angel, angelic visitors? Sure, of course he can. God can do whatever he wants. But what I'm trying to say is these are four common ways that all of us can experience his leading routinely, every week, every day. First of all, when you and I read the Bible every day, that's how we get to know God's heart. We'll see how he interacted with people in the past. We'll understand his uh, the prophecies of the future. We understand how Jesus talked to people when he walked the face of the earth. And if we spend time with him, we'll get to know his heart. And when I get to know God's heart, then all of a sudden my heart starts to feel the things that matter to him. If I spend time in prayer, that's when God has time. If I'm in silence and I'm laying my requests at God's feet, that's when God has time to do business in my heart and stir up my conscience if I need to go make an apology or to give me peace that it's okay if I'm waiting right now. I'm not competing with anybody. I'm following him. If I spend time with other Christians in godly counsel, man, all of a sudden, they'll open my mind to something I'd never considered before. Some of you have heard me share this before, but when I was starting seminary, after I got into um, work in, at Fraser Methodist, after God led, led me here to Montgomery, well, then I understood that, man, it would really help me if I had a seminary degree, and the place I really felt led, like God was directing me, was up in Birmingham at, uh, on the campus of Samford, Beeson Divinity School, but it would mean that I would have to drive back and forth. There was no internet back in those days. For, you under the, for those of you under the age of 30, the internet didn't always exist. I just want to let you know, okay. But I was going to have to drive back and forth for six years, two days a week, to make it work, and I was so discouraged, going, oh my goodness. I was 30 years old at the time, and I'd be 36 when I finished. And I, just, I called a friend of mine that I'd met back in Houston who gave me good counsel, and I said, oh, he said, well, how are, are you going to do the seminary stuff? And I go, no, man, I mean, I'm going to be 36 if I do that. And he said, well, how old will you be if you don't go? <laughs> and I said, well, I'll be 36. And he said, well, you should go. And you might go, John, that's all it took for you? It doesn't take much for me. Okay, all right. <laughs> but you know, sometimes godly counsel like that, a person asking us the key question, why are you afraid? A person who knows us well going, hey, don't you chicken out. You've been talking about this for too long. Get going. 
One person like that can make a huge difference, and you know it. That's why it's so important to be a part of a church. God guides us also through circumstances. We pray about something, door opens wide open, got to go. Other times, door closes, door opens over here, we never even thought about. Years later, we go, oh my goodness, Lord, you were so good to me. So we interpret all those things together. We read the Bible, seek counsel, pray, evaluate our circumstances, and we do it together as God's people. And then he guides us. A couple of things we need to do to make all this work, though. First of all, we need to pray for God's guidance. This isn't just something to talk about and be aware of. We need to actually do it. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will. If you don't underline that, seek his will in all you do. He'll show you which path to take. Peter, the one that Jesus told to come out of the boat, who actually walked on water, knew exactly what it was like to trust in the Lord, said this, give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. When Peter started to sink, Jesus pulled him to safety. God cares about you. Bring your request to him. You don't know which way to go? Seek his direction. First, another life application, if we're following God's leading, then we don't need to second guess our decisions. Because that is such a terrible place to be too. Make a decision, oh, I don't know if I made the right choice. And we live in a world where we're always told to keep all our options open. And then we doubt ourselves. Well, if we sought godly counsel, if we prayed about it, when this is in line with God's word and the circumstances are right, walk boldly. Listen to James. If you need wisdom, then ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, listen to this, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Would you say those three words with me, please? Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They're unstable in everything they do. If you and I are seeking God's will, remember this is an adventure. Well, parts of an adventure, if you go on a mountain climbing adventure, parts of it are going to be scary. You go on a whitewater rafting adventure, parts of it are going to be terrifying. Trusting God will mean you're going to have to step out in faith. But if you know these things, man, what an adventure when you follow in faith. Abundant life. Secondly, Paul says in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, don't worry about anything. And the first two words are, don't worry. Would you say those two words with me, please? Don't worry. One more time. Don't worry. If we've sought God's counsel, and we have godly counsel, and we have peace when we pray, the circumstances are right, aligns with God's word, then don't worry about it. We can go boldly forward in faith. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We're not supposed to waver. We're not supposed to worry. And that's good news, because God wants to guide each one of us. Now, if you flip your outline over, I want to take it a step further. Point three, if we seek God's will, God will do the same thing for our church. These aren't just promises that apply to me individually. They certainly do, and they apply to you too. But they apply to our whole church. Here's what's exciting. When God is leading us in a certain direction, he'll make it known 
to us. He'll make it known to our leaders. He'll make it known throughout the congregation. We'll know, hey, this is the way we should go. This is where we should start a new ministry. This is what we should add. This is what we should stop doing and put our resources over here. This is where we should meet. This is where, how it'll all work. And God gives us those directions. This church started in a living room here in Prattville eight and a half years ago. And God's been leading us step by step. And it's been a big, wonderful adventure. We count on this. Here's the way it works. John 16, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. He has told them that he's going to be crucified. The chief priests and Pharisees are going to crucify him. He's going to die, but he's going to rise again from the dead. He's going to ascend to heaven and go prepare a place for his disciples. When everything's ready, then he'll come back and get them. And they were terrified. Their leader was leaving. And how are they going to manage without Jesus? I mean, he was going to send them out into the whole world to be, his, to be making disciples, and they didn't know how they were going to do this. And here's what he told them. He said, look, I tell you the truth. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet to come. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, he's going to guide us in all these things. He's going to speak to us through the Bible. He's going to speak to us through other Christians. He's the one who's going to be stirring in our conscience when we pray. He's the one who's going to be opening our eyes to our circumstances. I mean, when God's leading us, he'll open our eyes to see things we wouldn't see. We'll hear things we wouldn't ordinarily hear, and our hearts will be stirred about the things that stir God's heart. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? That's true for our whole church. And that's why one more life application here for you this morning is this, that we need to pray for God's guidance for Centerpoint. Some of you, I love it. You email me and you tell me, I pray for Centerpoint every day. I go, hallelujah. Man, it's wonderful when we pray for our church, that God will guide us. The Bible has chapter after verse after chapter about how Paul was praying for different churches. Listen to a couple of verses from Ephesians 6. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. Colossians 1. So we've, we haven't stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, listen to this, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what he's praying for the leaders of the church in Colossae. Complete understanding of God's will and clarity and spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what we want here at this church. I want you to pray for our staff, our elders, our deacons. In fact, this morning I'm going to ask some of them to come up here this, and talk to you about some decisions that we're making right now. So if you guys would come on up uh, this morning, uh, I want to tell you that God has been stirring in our hearts for a while now, and he's led the elders of Centerpoint and the deacons here in Prattville in the direction that we believe it's time that we begin preparing for a facility, a permanent facility in the Prattville area. We've been meeting in this hotel on Sunday mornings for eight and a half years, and we rent out uh, PCA on Wednesday nights for the children's ministry. We have an office. We have other places we rent out as we're needed, and it's just become clear to us over the last year and a half, two years that God is leading us in a direction where we could expand our ministry greatly if we had a permanent facility. And we're really excited about this opportunity, but I wanted you to hear 
as we're going through this, how we followed God's leading. And so Lane Easterling is the uh, chairman of our board of elders. And Lane, what kind of got our attention to reevaluate our facilities? Well, sometimes in your prayer life, uh, you ask for a sign. And uh, I think God gave us a sign. Yeah, and uh, if you look at the screen, this was the sign, okay? That's that's where we park, okay? Some of you parked in that field this morning. It's for sale. And if you notice, the property over the last few years, uh, that's... We've been watching that, right, Lane? Uh, yeah, it's been a couple of years. Yeah. Now. Uh, you know, uh, went through a tough economy, and those signs went down for a while, and so we weren't concerned, and then all of a sudden the signs started to, to come back. So uh, we began to reevaluate uh, our needs for a facility, and um, so... Um, but it didn't yeah. just stop with parking, did it? No, uh, parking was, uh, that's a short-term issue that we felt like uh, either one, we could buy our way out of that by purchasing the land ourselves, although that would be a very expensive uh, Oh my goodness, that would lot, be an expensive uh, parking lot, yeah. Um, but after uh, months of prayer, uh, discussion, evaluation, just what you've talked about this morning, so I'll repeat that, prayer, <laughs> discussion and evaluation after months and months of that um, we've come to the determination that uh, a, a permanent facility uh, would work best for our ministry um, and, and it will impact our ministry in many different ways this is an exciting time uh, yeah. and it's the next chapter uh, in uh, our uh, center point fellowship mission and uh, I want everyone to understand also that uh, building a permanent facility here in Prattville does not derail our ministry, which is multi-site. Uh, our goal is to reach the lost, and uh, multi-site church is what we've chosen to do. Yeah, Tom Hall, you're another one of our elders, and we've uh, sought counsel from other churches. Would you tell everybody about some of that? Yeah, that's correct, John. Um, we have visited several churches in the country, maybe um, uh, by personally visiting them, or video conference, telephone, uh, emails, and have gleaned a lot of information from them, things we didn't think about, and continue to compile that information. It's really helped a lot uh, to understand where they came from. Some of the uh, churches, Life Church, um, they began with about 40 people in a two-car garage, and now they're in 10 states and like 30 sites. Yeah, it was like 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was 20-something years ago. Yeah. And then Church of the Highlands is similar to that. They started about 34 people, and they're in 17 sites in Alabama. And so it's uh, encouraging when we go and, and speak to them and, and um, get information from them, and they're just excited that we came to them. And they feel blessed that we were um, came for, to them for the information. We've uh, And they encouraged us, too. Encouraging, they, yes. They yeah. were very encouraged by what we were doing and where we were uh, in the stage of uh, our life. Yeah. And, you know, Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, uh, many advisors bring success. And so the more counsel we get, the more advice we get, we feel that God's going to lead us in that. And being obedient and trusting in Him is where we are. Good. Chad, um, you're one of the deacons here. Uh, your wife, Brooke, you guys... Uh, have been a part of this whole deacon group here locally in Prattville. When the elders first brought this to the deacons, you guys were excited, right? Here, take that one. We actually, when they asked us about this, we were super excited in terms of, I went through the uh, site pastor training and didn't really know what God was going to do. And um, and now since then, we've been, we lead a house church uh, every Sunday at 10 a.m., had 11 baptisms in 12 and a half months. 
And so that gives us opportunity. A building will give us opportunity to be able to deploy leaders, develop leaders, uh, you guys, and uh, be able to replicate those things. And you know, we want to be a multi-site church. Well, that'll give us opportunity to do those things. And so that's what I'm excited about in that opportunity. Yeah, and Brooke, as a mom, uh, you were excited for some other reasons. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, Wednesday nights we have um, Crosspoint kids at PCA, and then we also have our student ministry. And having one location for them to go would just would be awesome because um, I just experienced camp at Crosspoint Kids this past few days, and the interaction between the youth and them being the youth leaders and the tweens was amazing. Yeah, and even having one central place where parents can drop off kids at one place midweek. Definitely. Yeah, you were going, yeah. yeah that was, would just be awesome because we've experienced, um, with we had a small group on Wednesday nights and some couples would have to leave early to go and pick up the, the youth, and so it would be great to have one location. Yeah. So, Jack, um, part of this, though, we talked about how we're evaluating circumstances, we're getting godly counsel, and prayer has been a big part of this, too. Would you, uh, and uh, Jack has been, uh, Jack Clark has been a deacon here. He's also served on our, he's just started serving on the elder board. Tell everybody about prayer. How does that work its way out in this instance and as our, in our staff and our elders as a general? Well, it's been, it's been exciting. Um, about a year and a half ago, uh, a friend of mine asked me to go with him to the church office. He wanted to speak with someone at the church. So while he was in the office, I was sitting um, out kind of in the lobby area, and Shelly um, invited me to come sit in with the staff worship. And um, I, was, I couldn't wait to get home and tell my wife. And I'm so excited to be able to tell you guys, um, prayer was such a central part of that, that worship time and, and um it's about not only in their personal lives, but in their work life. And then uh, the scripture reading, we had praise and worship. I, I was just amazed. And um, then when I got on the deacon board, uh, everything was uh, central around prayer. And we start with prayer on everything. And talk about exciting to, to see um, God answer prayer. When I, when I got onto the elder board, um, there's not a decision that I've seen made that wasn't uh, centered around prayer. That prayer didn't precede what we talked about. And so uh, my life changed so much when I came to Centerpoint. For the first time in my life, I got involved in a connect group. And uh, then my wife and I got in a, connect, a couples connect group. And uh, that led to me getting in God's word every day and then praying every day. And I got to see lives change through prayer in our connect groups. And so now... We have, as a church, we have an exciting time uh, to be able to pray about where God's going to lead us next. Oh, yeah. And that's what's coming. In fact, the rest of your outline, are, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you back to this. Um, we want to challenge you and give you the opportunity to join us in some time praying. I'm going to let you guys grab a seat. Can we give them a round of applause for coming up here? That's pretty good, good stuff. Anyway, I want to challenge you. There's five ways you can pray for us as we move forward on this. And uh, I'll start with Monday. On Monday here, on each of these days, we'd love for you to take at least 10 minutes, either by yourself or together with your family. And first of all, Monday, tomorrow, sometime tomorrow, give thanks to God for how he's blessed us so far. I mean, 
the fact that we haven't had a building hasn't stopped us at all. We've expanded a couple more locations over in Cloverdale, and I mean, over in uh, on the other side of uh, Montgomery, uh, in next to Pike Road. We over in um, Wetumpka. We've had opportunities to expand our ministry and go to new places. We have some work that we're still working on this fall in Auburn. We want to get some worship services started there. So there's been all kinds of opportunities, but to have a facility, we believe will help us even go further. So we want to thank God for how far we've come already, that uh, people have come to our church and been baptized, that God has challenged us and corrected us and changed us, that uh, we want you to thank God for the Christian friendships you've made here, for the meaningful worship services you've had, for all the facilities he's provided now and that we're going to need. I mean, you understand that we're asking you to come in on the front end of this and pray for us. We don't have a piece of property identified. We don't have anything laid out yet. We're asking you to pray now that we will. And so this would take a couple of years minimum. So we're grateful for the facilities we have to keep going in the meantime. Secondly, on Tuesday, we're going to ask you to spend time praying that God will guide us to the right location for a permanent facility in the Prattville area. We're going to ask God to lead us uh, to the piece of property that he's prepared for us, to uh, give us enough land for facilities, parking, and future growth, to give us a great location with easy access and good visibility. To ask, We want you to ask God to place us where you can be a blessing to the community. And there's some scripture references there. That first one from Hebrews 11 reminds us that Abraham followed the Lord, didn't even know where he was going. And he just trusted the Lord. So I, I want to encourage you to, that this is not something that's brand new to us. About two years ago, uh, when, when we started an extension in Wetumpka, they were at a place that was a storefront behind Zaxby's and behind Jiffy Lube, which sounded about as hard to find as it, as it was for a lot of people. Um, it was an okay place for them to meet, but it just wasn't meeting their needs. But there wasn't any other place they could find. And so about a year and a half ago, they started praying. And they started praying earnestly, that congregation there in Wetumpka, God, would you show us where we need to meet? And God answered that prayer, and I want you to hear from how he answered that prayer by watching this video. The first of October this, this last year, uh, we got uh, the word from the man that was occupying the building that he had given it up. And uh, we began to discuss what in the world are we going to do with this building. I began to pray, and um, the Lord spoke to me and said, um, I have a plan for the building. And you know, when uh, God speaks, we want him to tell us about all what, what, what kind of plan have you got for the building? But I didn't get the answer. And I just kept praying and I come back and told Mary, I said, Mary, the Lord spoke to me and said, um, that he had a plan for the building. Well, did he tell you what the plan was? I said, no, I just said, he said, trust me, trust God. I had never heard of Center Point. And I saw this man out putting the flags up. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, this is your opportunity. This is it. I drove up walked in the building and then I said uh, I'm Robert Wiggins and I have got a building and we're looking for I'm looking for someone to lease the building to own the building and it looked like his whole face just lit up with a light he said brother we have been praying for a place to go 
He said, this has got to be God. You can applaud that. Yeah, I mean, that beautiful facility that you saw there, it's right past Tutwiler Prison there, about three-quarters of a mile, I guess, on the other side of Tutwiler from here. It's, it's amazing. And if you asked any of the people who were involved praying about that facility to tell you about it, you're going to have to sit down for 20 minutes because they're going to tell you all about it. They are so excited because God answered their prayers. It's why we're challenging you to pray about this with us. We want you to be as excited a few months from now as they are because God's going to show us what to do. And if you accept this prayer challenge today, you're going to be one of the people who prayed for that. You're going to be able to tell your kids that. I prayed for that. God heard our prayers. If you don't do this, you're going to be able to say, I watched other people pray for that. Which is kind of like kissing your sister. It's not very exciting. Okay, that's all there is to it. Okay? I want you to experience this. Remember, we're talking about abundant life here. That's abundant life. I mean, those folks, that cool facility was simply an answer to prayer. Wednesday, I want you to ask God to provide us with the financial resources. We're going to need to do this. I want you to read these scriptures and then pray. Ask God to bless our church financially. Ask God to help us contribute generously and cheerfully when needed. Right now, we're not doing a fundraiser today. We're doing a prayer raiser. We need you to pray with us. God, show us where. Show us how to pay for it. Thursday, we, would you pray that God will give our church leaders guidance and wisdom? Ask God to bless our elders, deacons, and staff with exceptional unity and teamwork. Ask God to protect our church leaders from attacks from the devil. Ask God to give us the right architects, engineers, and contractors. Ask God to give our leaders good counsel from other churches and ministries. Friday, we hope that you'll take some time and pray that God will use this facility to help our church reach more people for Christ and make more disciples. Our mission isn't changing in fact, that's the whole thing that Lane was talking about. And we started evaluating, well, why are we praying just to solve a problem? Let's pray that God will give us a direction for how to expand this ministry however he wants to take it. And that's the exciting opportunity in front of us. So, Jack, are you still in here? Yeah, if you'd come back up here. I want you to, prayer was a big part of that for you. Would you pray that we're really going to pray? I will. And that God will answer our prayers? And just right now, I just, want, I just want you to pray with Jack on this. This is something we're not, again, we're not presenting a completed plan to you and saying, hey, just ask God to bless it. We're, we're asking you to pray on the front end. Because at center point, we don't want to just be a church where you watch ministry done. This is ministry we do together. And we need to pray together. So would you pray for us? Sure. A couple of months ago, John, uh, you brought up a, a verse that stuck mm. with me. When we, every time we talked about uh, this project, and it was Proverbs twenty-seven, twelve. It says, "A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences." So let's pray together as a church. Father, uh, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you that because of what your Son did and His sacrifice, we can come directly to you. And your Word says, from the very beginning to the very end, um, that um, you are joyful when we come to you. You're always more willing to listen than we are to pray. And we have. Um, the greatest opportunity here to pray 
uh, for where you want Center Point to go. God, we know this is where you've led us to, but as a church body, uh, now we have the exciting opportunity to pray for exactly where you want us to be. God, you know where you want us to be, and you know exactly the type of building you want us to build, and you know how we're going to pay for it, Father. And I just pray, God, that we as a church uh, will seek your face, Lord, and seek your guidance and your direction as we move forward. And, uh, Father, our whole goal is to make disciples of others. You're coming back one day, and there are people that need to know um, your saving grace and how they can spend eternity in heaven with you and get that joy and peace that only you can provide. So I pray, Father, that we'll take advantage as a church and see what Wetumpka did, Lord, how you blessed them. And so uh, we're so excited that we can be on the ground floor of this and be a part of this and, and watch uh, this ministry expand and grow. We ask this in your son's most precious name, name above all other names, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, to remember.